Welcome to No BS Engineering, the podcast for developers around the world who care about their careers. Join us as we share ideas, war stories, and talk with special guests about how developers can up their game and move their career forward. Welcome to another episode of No BS Engineering. My name is Cal Evans. I'm your co-host, and along with my friend Mario Peshev, we're going to talk about career advice for developers. Say hi to everybody, Mario. Howdy. How's it going? Now, um, we have a special guest, a longtime friend of mine, Mr. Dave Delaney. And oh, we're that's be me. Talking- hi. Oh, that's you. <laughs> we're hey going to be talking about networking. Now, let me just introduce Dave um, to you. Uh, Dave and I, um, when I used to live in Nashville, Tennessee, um, Dave was one of the godfathers of the, the um, tech community. Uh, if it was happening, in, if there was a, an event happening, Dave was involved with it somehow. Dave, you helped start PodCamp um, Nashville. You were involved in um, Bar Camp Nashville for several years. Uh, I know the years that I worked on it, you were actively involved in it. So you yeah. were always, um, always there, always around. I remember going to a Bar Camp, one of the Bar Camp organizational meetings. Um, you know, it, was, it wasn't one of the first ones, but it was one of the, the organizational meetings for one year. And um, you, you, uh, we were talking about something and I, wa- I spoke up and I said, hi, my name is Cal Evans and I am, and you stopped me and says, Cal, everybody knows who you are. And I had no idea anybody knew who I was. So oh, you know, totally, yeah. that, that story always be, or whenever I see you, that's the story that always flashes into my head. Oh, um, yeah. Hey, let's talk a little bit about networking. Uh, networking is very important to developers. Uh, we go to conferences, we go to all kinds of events, but I don't know that many developers know the proper way to network and the proper point. So let me start off with asking you, um, why is it important? Why should I, as a developer, bother with networking? Well, I mean, your network, why? Uh, Wow. Okay. Well, that's a good question. It's a great question. Um, You know, I believe, you know, you've heard the old line, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Of course, you know, you do need to know how to code, of course, if you're a developer, but you also need to have, um, friends and allies and, and you know and people that you can uh, shoulders to tap and and people to help out and so um, and that's because you know these relationships lead to new opportunities and whether that's jobs whether that's uh, a shoulder to cry on with a friend <laughs> like whatever it may be um, so it's it's important you know and I think networking often gets sort of negative connotations to it there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that ruin networking uh, at networking events and so forth, and, and not just networking events, but also just conferences or, oh, yeah. you know, meetups or whatever. It, it doesn't have to be a networking uh, opportunity or a networking event. It could be just an event. And, and if you're building relationships and you're meeting new people, uh, then you're networking well. So it's important for your career. Yeah. Now, Mario, you do an awful lot of networking. Um, back in your developer days, um, you know, was it important for you, for your job or for your career that you got out there or did jobs just fall in your lap? Yeah, that's a great question. And actually, you know, networking wasn't something that I, um, I was seeking uh, uh, kind of explicitly back in the day. Uh, it was something I was really passionate about. I mean, I was just obsessed with uh, the idea of communities. I was really passionate to learn quite a lot. Uh, at conferences, at meetups, just being able to meet my superheroes when I was a kid. And, and this is uh, kind of how I got started. And uh, 
later on, I actually realized how helpful that was, both in terms of job prospects and in terms of contacts and in terms of just uh, learning the ropes in kind of different niches and different industries. Um, I remember I was actually volunteering and kind of a part of the co-organizing in my company of a .NET event called, I believe, DevReach. And I met some of the most brilliant speakers back in the day. And I was just like trying to, to teach some basic introductory classes and whatnot. And I saw so much on the stage, I mean, just so much energy, so much passion on the stage, so many, you know, tricks and storytelling, everything else. It was just mind blowing. And uh, throughout the years, I just um, had the opportunity to meet some of those people in different capacities. Like they were consultants at the companies I was working for, or they were able to kind of give a reference for our work throughout the years. It was extremely valuable and it was not even something that I really was looking for back in the day. And I would say that networking simply wasn't uh, that much of a thing or uh, wasn't really something that you were aiming for. Uh, but yeah, I mean, since, uh, since Dave has a lot of experience with some of the kind of largest companies in the world, uh, Dave, kind of, what's your take on that? Like, what are uh, some of the best stories you've got on uh, successful networking? Um, best stories? Like, like, as far as networking well? You mean that, like that kind of thing? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, personally, like, uh, when I'm, so I'm from Toronto originally. And when I moved to Nashville, uh, I didn't know a soul aside from my wife. And so I had to network in order to get a job. Um, and, and, you know, so, so what I did is because I worked in the sort of technology marketing world for, for most of my career, um, I went to the American Marketing Association's big mixer and I met the, you know, the, that president of the, the organization. So we started talking. And then I said, you know, if it's okay, I wouldn't mind following up with you. I'm new to Nashville. So I got her card and I followed up with her and she introduced me to a bunch of people afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I went to one of those meetings and, and the lady at that company introduced me to my future boss who, uh, who also invited me to come on over for a beer. Um, and so I went over, met him, had a beer. And so then he set me up on a blind date with his uh, CTO who was Marcus uh, Whitney and, and <laughs> who Cal knows. And then, and so Marcus, uh, this is a company called Emma here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And so Marcus and I met for a coffee. Um, it's kind of crazy. And so Marcus and I met for a coffee and we instantly like hit it off. We were like, we were like old friends. It was really weird. We really like, we instantly hit it off. And so I didn't know at the time that Marcus was feeling me out for a position with uh, Emma. Um, and so Marcus and I just started talking. And as we were talking, we were like, you know, Nashville needs like a, like a tech uh, conference, like an unconference. And so we started talking about bar camp and, uh, and right there. And then we, we decided let's, let's throw the first bar camp Nashville. And so, and, and so we got really excited and we started like brainstorming ideas around the conference or unconference. And, uh, and we were so excited about it. And right there and then we started planning it. And then as we were leaving, Marcus is like, uh, Oh, by the way, Clint wants to hire you. So uh, you should come, you should talk to him and get a job there. And I'm like, okay. So it's, you know, it's, it's an amazing opportunity. Like when you actually go out of your way, uh, I'm a big fan and proponent of talking to strangers, um, unless you're my kids. Uh, that's the caveat. Um, so kids listening, don't talk to strangers, but everybody else go talk to strangers because uh, amazing things happen. 
Hey, you know, you, you mentioned that um, conversation with Marcus, and my mind goes back to an almost exact same um, conversation he and I had over at the Flying Saucer one day. We mm-hmm. met up, and, um, and he, he, again, he was, um, uh, he was feeling me out for a position there at Emma. I had just started working at Zend and just started speaking and discovered that I really liked the sound of my own voice. And so um, I turned him down, but I, I kind of always you know, think back to that and wonder how would things have been or how much things would have been different um, had I um, joined them. Because, yeah, at that time and still, Emma was a um, fantastic place to work with. And, you know, Marcus, Marcus is a god in Nashville these days. So yeah, he's doing great. He really is. I see his um, I see his videos on LinkedIn all the time now. So yeah, yeah. Knowing is cool. Sharing knowledge is even cooler. In my book, Uncle Cal's Career Advice for Developers, I share with you five of the most important pieces of career advice I've learned. Get your copy today by pointing a browser at bit.ly slash Uncle Cal. I want to share this knowledge with you. Um, okay, well, so um, the why bother is it's good for your career, uh, job hunting, um, meeting people at, at conferences. And this is a tough one for a lot of developers because a lot of us are introverts. Um, and we, you know, we, we don't like going up and talking to new people. Uh, when I started in developer relations, funny story, I started programming computers and I used to tell people I went into computers because I don't have to deal with people because I didn't like dealing with people. And now I'm DevRel and I, you know, that's my job is to deal with people. And it surprised a lot of my old friends. But um, that, meeting other people is, is tough for a, a lot of developers and a lot of introverts because we, just, you know, we, we tend to click. And uh, when I was, or tend to huddle in clicks. Uh, when I started in DevRel, I went to conferences for six months before people started talking to me. And I was just deathly afraid to go speak to anybody. Um, and, you know, even now when I'm, when I'm outside of my comfort zone of um, tech, or like I, I'm starting in the scuba diving community and I, I'm, again, I'm deathly afraid of getting out there and putting myself out there. But it is important for your career, um, especially when you're at conferences or you're at tech meetups, right. um, to build those professional relationships. Um, but beyond conferences, um, you know, you started Geek Breakfast, and you know, they, they, those those are all over the place now. Uh, I have very fond memories of Geek Breakfast there in Nashville. We used to have a ball um, yeah, there at Nashville, uh, you know, we'd meet up once a month and, uh, it got to the point where I could see the waitress start rolling her eyes like, Oh God, they're back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. talk to us a little bit about the, um, and Mario, feel free to jump in. Um, uh, what kind of events should developers be looking for? Personally? I mean, I, I think anywhere where people, you know, I think it's important to meet, you know, fellow developers. And so, you know, you can do a search, you can look up like, I mean, as simple as like look up on eventbrite.com or on meetup.com or facebook.com slash events to see events taking place um, that friends are attending. You know, you can often find these things pretty quickly and they tend to take, you know, they tend to exist. Um, you know, part of the thing with, with, with me and, and with the stuff that the events and things that we did, um, you know, the events didn't exist here when I moved here. So we were like, yeah. well, let's just make them. And so, 
you know, as you mentioned, Cal, like I co-founded Bar Camp and I co-founded Pod Camp Nashville. And they were both sort of on, pol- on like one was spring one, or one was summer, one was fall or whatever. Um, and so the reason why I created Geek Breakfast was I just wanted a way to keep the communities together every month as a way to kind of hang out and keep in touch, um, mm-hmm. even though there was there was some crossover. Um, and uh, yeah, so my point to that is that if the event doesn't t- doesn't exist where you are, make it like like geek breakfast, I was like, just invite your geeky friends to breakfast. It's not that hard. Um, at the low end, we would have around 10 people. At the mm-hmm. highest end, I think we had about 80 people show up once. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was crazy. And so, yeah, just like if it doesn't exist already, just create your own. Call it what you want and just create your own. Well, that goes back to the advice I give about um, PHP user groups, which is if you look around and you can't find the leader of your local PHP user group, guess what? You're it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, start the group. Yeah. Mario, um, you've got developers working for you and I know you uh, mentor them because I talk to them on a regular basis and they always sing your praises. Um, tell me a little bit, uh, what kind of events do you push your people to go to? So basically any type of events or that would be suitable for developers and where our developers can actually learn something and meet the right people. Now, um, I often tend to use a common term known as external validation. However, when we normally talk about external validation, we foresee the ability to project someone else's respect toward us, right? Just, hey, do people like me? Am I, uh, you know, I'm trying to have fun during my vacation. Am I getting enough likes and so forth? But I'm actually not talking about this one. I'm talking about, hey, whatever I'm doing, I actually don't know if I'm doing this right. And the reason I, I'm trying to send people to more conferences and meetups, and uh, we also have uh, a formal geek breakfast here and some other events, is I want to show them that what we do here is great. And I want to show them some folks that do still upload uh, websites via FTP and still work on, like, for example, five-page business websites and stuff. And I want them to be excited from the things that we do. And that's what I'm talking about uh, when it comes to external validation. So essentially, whenever you work in a company, and again, uh, as we already concluded, events are a great way to network with people and find jobs, but they're also a great way to just expand your horizons and learn quite a lot about your own industry. Because at a company, it's only natural for management to try to retain you longer. So you're not always sure whether what you're hearing from them is actually legit, right? But when you go to an event and when you hear the stories of 10 different people just complaining about stuff on the job or just, you know, telling what sort of stuff they're working on, sure, they may actually get some great ideas and incorporate them on the job. But they also will be happy from, hey, I'm really happy that we're actually not doing it this way here. I'm really satisfied that we don't have to go through all of those tedious cycles or like wait for two weeks for a permission from a corporate, you know, just escalating something seven senior levels up. Uh, which is really why I think that networking is so um, so awesome and so important just to really get a real perspective on the local dev environment, so to speak. Very yeah. cool. Hey, yeah, Dave. I mean, yeah. Oh, go Thanks, ahead. No. Just very, very quickly, I was just going to add, you mentioned about being introverted. Um, you know, if you're introverted or, or, or shy and, 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 you know, you, you, don't, you don't really want to have to do this, um, I do suggest you do, but um, I, I, I always tell people like, um, I have a website called networkingfornicepeople.com and, I, and one of the most popular articles I wrote on there is, and, and if you're nice, drop by, um, 
uh, one of the most popular articles was about networking for introverts. And, and what I suggest you do is set yourself a goal. And so go to an event, set yourself like, depending, you know, where you are, nobody's like 100% introvert, 100% extrovert or ambivert. Everybody's kind of, you know, wherever. Mm -hmm. But if you're more introverted or shy, set yourself a goal of like 20 minutes and speak to one person. So go set it on your phone. You got the countdown timer. It'll buzz or it'll vibrate in your pocket and that's permission to leave, but you have to speak to one person. Yeah. And, and just set yourself that goal. And that's, then, that's a cool idea. Then give yourself permission to leave and, and maybe you'll stick around longer, but that's up to you. And then the next time you go to an event, bump it up a little bit to 30 minutes and two mm -hmm. people and so forth. And then that, that, that's good. And I, I literally, I, I will confess, I have literally gone to networking events, um, got me a Coke, sat there, watched people network, set my 20 minutes and then walked out and didn't speak to a word or uh, didn't speak to a person. And that's on me. Um, yeah, it just, I, I, I need to get, uh, to get to the point where I can put myself out there in situations where I'm not comfortable. And right. And the best thing to do is find someone who's standing alone. Mm -hmm. because no, like, remember this, nobody goes to a networking event who doesn't want to meet someone. That's true. Otherwise stay in your hotel room or your apartment or house or whatever, right? Like why bother go? So, so nobody wants to be alone there. Remember mm -hmm. that. And if there's somebody standing there alone, that's the perfect person to go and introduce yourself to and ask them, you know, what brings them to the event, something like that. And just, just, you know, get the, get the conversation rolling and, you know, just ask them some questions. Yeah. Hey, um, Dave, let me throw this out at you. Um, are business cards still a thing these days? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of business cards. Um, uh, I am guilty of sometimes not carrying them. Um, but it's because, although I don't want everybody not to carry their cards, cause then, then my, my idea here will backfire. Um, my, my key thing is that if you go to an event and you like the person or you strike an accord or you can follow up with them about something, ask them for a business card. Don't, make it your thing to give out your business card to everybody huh. save some trees instead because you're hoping if you give someone a card and they don't and you don't get their information then you're kind of hoping they follow up with you but they That's may true. not yeah if if you have their card you've got their information so you can you can follow up so that's important another thing i like to do with business cards is i take notes on business cards about what we talked about how we should, how I should follow up, who I should introduce you to, you know, what we connected over, whether it was like the ambiance or like, oh, the salmon's really great. I need this recipe or whatever it is. Um, you know, just taking some notes on a business on business cards. Remember, um, culturally, uh, that could be a big no-no depending on who you're speaking with. So for a lot of Asian cultures, for example, yeah. um, if you write on their business card, that's as good as like slapping them in the face. Oh, wow. So very important to, uh, to do this, you know, politely and, and discreetly. So what I normally do is I'll like, I'll, I'll, you know, run off to the bathroom for a second, like take a bunch of notes and then put them in my pocket. <laughs> and this is especially important if you go to like a conference or something where you're meeting a lot of people at once. Mm. Um, I remember like so many years at South by Southwest or CES where like I had like a stack of business cards by mm -hmm. the time I got back to my hotel room and I'd be like, who are these people? So notes. So Very business good. cards are important. Yes. 
And that's, um, I, I don't have and haven't for years had a traditional business card. Uh, they don't give developers business cards anymore, but, um, but I've always had my own um, card. And for the past five or six years, it's nothing more than a calling card. It has my name on it. It has my email address. It has my logo on the yeah. front. That's it. Um, but I leave the back. I've got a lot more of my own business cards with notes about other people. So if nothing else, I've got something that I can take notes on and um, stuff it in my pocket, even if they don't have a business card, um, yeah. I can do that. Yeah, the back of, the back of my card, I just picked it up. It, it, I don't know if you can read that. It says, uh, no, nah, I guess not. But it says, where did we meet? What did we Ooh. talk about? How should I follow up? And there's nice. Blanks. So That's I great. encourage people to write on my cards, um, mm -hmm. which is another point if you're designing web, uh, designing business cards, make sure that it's uh, paper that they can actually draw write on. Sometimes you get those like plasticky mat or cards and the, yeah, those, those vinyl coated. Yeah. I, I used to have those and that was the problem is you couldn't write on them. Um, right, and right. so mine are now just plain Jane business cards, you yep. know? Um, and like I said, logo name and email address. I, you know, no company name, the, my business cards have survived three different jobs. So, um, you know, I don't put a company name or anything on there. It's just, this is who I am. And you can order them for like 25 bucks, you know, oh, like yeah. it's oh. not, it's, they're not expensive to produce anymore. No, no. Thanks to Vistaprint and stuff like that. I mean, when I started uh, my first batch of cards I did for myself was like 70 bucks. And the, yeah. these days, you know, if you're paying more than 20 bucks, you're, you're, you're doing it wrong. So, right. Uh, one extra piece of advice, or at least a tip that I'm actually using, uh, because uh, I spent a couple of weeks in California, just actually got back three days ago, and I was teaching several different workshops for different communities, one for small businesses, one for entrepreneurs, for career growth, and so forth. And, you know, in order to actually enable people to connect with me later, I said, well, kind of my business card is not about my job description or anything like that. It's more about here are my social network details, right? So I had my Twitter, I had my LinkedIn, I had my Instagram and said, let's just connect. I know that you're spending quite a lot of time there. You know, it's a no brainer. You don't have to read my website. You don't need to fill out any forms. Let's just connect on social. And that's going to be kind of the start of a great friendship onward. No, that's, that's valid. And I think my next batch will probably at least have my Twitter handle on it. Um, you know, if not my LinkedIn profile, because those, those it are should. the two I really push. Um, this, yeah. I, I'm a big, yeah, just be careful with social networks that you just don't rely only because we all know like we rent our audiences and, yep. and friends there, right? That's rented space. Digital sharecropping. <laughs> yeah, you never know when you're going to like get the boot or something like that or, or they're going to oh, yeah. Developers are still smarting from when Twitter pulled off, pulled back their API. You know, we're still kind of pissed off about that. So. I'm pissed off. I'm not a developer and I'm a pissed, I'm pissed off about that because that's when Twitter was art, man. Like oh yeah. Great stuff developers were creating, not just the tools, but like, like there were like so many like cool visual, like there was a website called love hate and it would just track like in this really great visual of all the tweets with love and all the ones with hate. Of course that was before the trolls invaded Twitter too. Oh well, yeah. But yeah, there used to be a lot more, um, a lot more innovation around that space. Um, yeah. Hey, Dave, one of the things I see a lot when I um, when I read things about networking, because I read a lot, and uh, some of the stuff is about networking, is the concept of give to get. Talk to us a little bit about what that means for networking. Yeah, so uh, you know, networking is a two-way street, and if you're not giving anything, don't expect anything in return. Right. So the number one point of networking is you should be aiming to help other people. 
So when you get those business cards, it's who should I introduce them to or what piece of advice can I send them or what article can I send them or maybe schedule a follow-up call so you can offer them some assistance or help. Not for money, but you know, maybe they become a client. But the point is that you should always offer to help and provide value to people before anything. And it's the same, you know, in my book I wrote about, <clears throat> excuse me, I wrote about like, you know, networking at events and organizing your own events, but also networking on social networks. And, and they, you know, social media used to be called social networks, social networking. And, and the same thing, we, nobody likes the guy on Twitter trying to sell you like a set of steak knives, right? Instead, I wanna, I wanna meet the guy that really likes steak and how to cook it and stuff. And then maybe we build a relationship and then over time he's like, hey, you know, I do have these steak knives if you're interested. And I'm way more likely to make a purchase from someone I know, like, and trust. So it's really important to always aim to help people first before ever asking for anything in return. That is excellent. And I've just made a note to myself to take off my steak knife ads um, based on that. So it's, they weren't working anyhow. So no. Um, but no, that, that, that is valid. Um, you know, a lot of the things that I read say, don't show up with a list of things that you want to get show up with a list of things that you've got to give and that you yeah. can help people with and you help people, you build trust, that'll come back around. And if yes. everybody would show up with that mindset, um, I think networking would be a whole lot more fun. Yeah, I mean, the events that I did over the years with Bar Camp, Pod Camp, Geek Breakfast, Nash Cocktail, all these events that I did were free. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I had a job, I wasn't, trying to, I wasn't trying to get clients or sell anything. Mm -hmm. um, I really did them because I was just passionate about connecting people and, and I geeked out when I was with, you know, a bunch of people and able to connect people. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, all this stuff was free. So, Okay. Um, hey, uh, one last topic before we uh, wrap it up. Um, I've been on LinkedIn since it was in beta back in 99. Okay. I saw it and I said, Hey, this looks cool. And um, anymore, I don't even maintain a resume. Um, I, I tell people, you know, recruiters, if I'm talking to a recruiter, they'll say, you know, send me your resume. I say, go out to my LinkedIn profile. There's a button click and it'll export it to PDF. That's my resume. It's the most up to date. Um, yeah. And note to recruiters, if I tell you that and you don't understand, I don't want you representing me, okay? <laughs> you're, you're off the table right there. I've yeah. had people go, huh? And I'm like, nope, we're not doing business. Um, yeah, but that's a good, that, good That's advice. me, and, and I'm old school. Um, we, we're talking to a lot of um, younger, we, we've got, a, you know, developers tend to skew younger audience. Um, is LinkedIn still important? That's to you, Dave. That's to me. Uh, sorry. Yes. I want to give Maria a chance. Uh, yes, uh, it absolutely is. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of great experiences using LinkedIn. Uh, I spoke for their conference and I do a lot of oh, presenting wow. around these topics. So yeah, I spoke when they had a conference in Nashville. I was one of their keynotes and then uh, I advised the company that was acquired by LinkedIn too. So I'm a big Ooh. fan of LinkedIn. Um, so LinkedIn is an, it, it is an important step in, in connecting with people. Um, having a great presence, um, being active. I do like LinkedIn profile audits and I often find like some common things. Um, so, you know, quick tips like include keywords and terms that are relevant to what you do so that, um, so that they come up when someone does a search for a developer or PHP developer or whatever they're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, you want to make sure the keywords and terms are in your LinkedIn profile. Um, uh, there's a lot, I mean, 
where where to begin where where else should I, what what specifically would you want to do with linkedin well you know um with developers we we the pendulum is swinging back to have to the middle but um there for a while it was linkedin's irrelevant you've got to have a github repo, uh, github account and your yeah. github account is your resume and i've actually said those words to developers and i, I now am finding myself apologizing for saying that because Yes, having GitHub or actually GitLab. I like GitLab better. Um, but having a um, having a, a a social coding repo is important. Yeah. But um, you know, LinkedIn is important. Now I, I see Mario over there fidgeting. That usually means he's got something to say. Mario, um, you hire developers. Um, you know, is, is do you look at LinkedIn or is it strictly GitLab and GitHub? Uh, yeah, man. I was actually just uh, trying to figure out when I signed up. Turns out to be 2007, so a lot later than you did, but I uh, mean, still a good 12 years yeah. since I just signed up. Um, yeah, I actually do look up LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time just hacking around stuff like search queries because, as Dave said, it's really it's very well SEO optimized for within the LinkedIn network itself. And not just LinkedIn for that matter, because uh, tons of profiles are showing up on page one when you look up look someone up on Google. So mm. that's pretty cool. Yeah. But on top of that, I just check out specific phrases such as you know looking for a job, looking for PHP opportunities, things like that. You know, like half of the people are actually recruiters, and half of the people are actually looking for opportunities, right? Mm. Um, additionally, I do. Um, I do kind of browse through profiles of people that I've kind of bookmarked more or less. And I check kind of their job history and see, you know, what they're up to and so forth. Because sometimes, you know, people just say, well, you know, I'm out of job. I'm, you know, like free on the market, whatnot. And it kind of works out. Um, we actually hired um, our VP of engineering through LinkedIn. He actually just posted, well, you know, it's been a few good years and now I'm back on the market. And it was just a couple of days after he left his job. I texted him and said, well, you know, let's chat. We had a phone call, went out for lunch. And yeah, that's, uh, it was nearly two years ago. That's awesome. Um, yeah. That's so LinkedIn, LinkedIn is definitely a great place to meet people. Additionally, I spend a lot of time on my own personal brand. And this is a great way to actually connect to people. Mm -hmm. And uh, tons of people just tuning in, in uh, you know, responding with comments and sharing additional valuable information and articles I need to check out, TEDx videos and whatnot. And I make sure to, you know, try to accommodate them and find a place for them if they're looking for it. So, yeah, but I mean, still, I see a lot of people like, for example, when we post jobs, LinkedIn jobs aren't working well for us. LinkedIn posts do. Uh, promoted Facebook posts work pretty good as well. So it's kind of somewhere in the middle, you know, people still spend quite a little time on Facebook, but in terms of maintaining your LinkedIn profile, I definitely think that it's more or less mandatory. Yeah. My number, my number one tip with LinkedIn is to focus on recommendations. And again, it's a give and take, right? So start writing recommendations for people in your network who you think are amazing. Don't just write a recommendation for anyone, but write recommendations for people that, that you've worked with or clients that you've really enjoyed working with write those recommendations um, and, and partly they're prompt afterwards to reciprocate and maybe write you one. They may not, and that's okay. Um, in some cases, you know, someone might work with me, but I haven't really worked with them. So it doesn't make sense. Um, but I have like about a hundred recommendations on my LinkedIn profile. Cal, I think you actually wrote one on there back I in like- I have, that. yes. Maybe, uh, probably back. Mine back. was the standard walks on water recommendation. You know, I'm, I'm sure you've got several of those on there. So drinks water. Uh, 
um, but, and, and my point to that too is these LinkedIn recommendations become social proof, right? Yeah. So it's not just someone liking you or, or, you know, it's actually people attaching their person, their profiles to the recommendation. So it's not just some anonymous recommendation. Um, so when people ask me, like potential clients ask me, like, you know, do you have any referrals? I said, yeah, go to my LinkedIn profile and choose anyone to talk to. Um, another thing, by the way, on that is I, because I've been involved with creating a lot of content over the years, uh, especially for brands and things, it, uh, uh, you know, I focus on this thing called reuse, reduce, recycle, which you might've mm -hmm. heard before, uh, <laughs> but it's reused old content, recycle it into new content and then reduce stress of having to come up with new content. Um, and my point to that is I take like LinkedIn recommendations and I put them on my website ah. with the photo and a link back to their profile. Um, in my speaker video, um, I've got a, like a speaker video mm -hmm. on that video. I have quotes from people like Southwest airlines and Google and so forth. And they're, the quotes are from LinkedIn. They're from my profile. So I wow. just take them from there and reuse them in different places. That is uh, cool. So you can be pretty creative in how you do that in your own, you know, material that you're creating for your own brand. You know, I recommend doing that. So LinkedIn recommendations are important. I've watched your video um, and I looked at yeah. Kathy and my wife, the lovely and talented Kathy, and I took it over to her on my iPad and I said, I want one of these. And so um, in December, I usually take the month of December off to focus on my brand and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. so in December, we're going to be um, brainstorming, putting one of those together. Cause that is a, that is a powerful um, marketing piece for the Dave Delaney brand. Hey, um, speaking of the Dave Delaney brand, let's wrap this up. You've got a book on networking and I, I am ashamed that I have not read this book. Um, I'm finishing up Mario's book. It is next on my business book list. Um, but talk to us a little bit about the book and we'll throw a link in the show notes to that and um, networking for nice people. So, Yeah, uh, it's called New Business Networking. I happen to have a copy here, Cal. Just happened to have a copy. <laughs> uh, New Business Networking. It's available on Amazon. Um, and, uh, and in the book, I talk about um, how I moved to Nashville and without knowing a soul. So it's partly my own journey, but then I have a lot of case studies and stories of other people in there. Hmm. Um, I have chapters on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Google plus <clears throat> it's an older book, uh, too soon, <laughs> uh, too soon. Uh, and then about podcasting, YouTube, all sorts of stuff. And then I have chapters on business cards, uh, creating your own events, uh, attending events and what to do when you do and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it was a fun, uh, harrowing, fun, uh, journey writing the book. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, not easy but, to write a book. Huh? It's not easy writing a book, right? No, 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 no. Uh, I've gotten to where I write micro books now because writing a book, big book is a lot of effort. Heather so. almost left me so she almost, <laughs> or killed me. Maybe one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kathy has yeah. to do all of my layout work. So whenever I say, hey, I'm going to write a new book, her, her eyes just roll back in the back of her head. She's like, oh, dear God. Yeah. So yeah. at least I've got a good editor these days, um, Kara Ferguson, because, um, you know, that, that we, honest to God, a, a good editor will make or break a, a book. And oh, absolutely, um, yeah. finding one that can um, work inside of a technical book is, is, is difficult. And I'm lucky to have Kara um, on my team. So she okay. edited my last three. So. I'll, t I'll tell you something funny. My book originally was called New Networking hmm. and my publisher Pearson or Q uh, Publishing 
they, they told me they're like, uh, you can't call it new, new networking because then it's going to be in the IT section of the tech section of all the bookstores under networking. <laughs> and so I had VMware, uh, VMware had me, uh, or VMUG actually, the VMUG community had me keynote uh, their conference in Boston and then in Nashville. And when they did, I, I, you know, I said, hey guys, I'm not that networking. I'm not like <laughs> infrastructure and like, no, 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 that's not me. Like I thought they'd made a big mistake and they were like, no, no, no. We want you to come and open our present or open our, our conference to talk to developers, to get them to network with one another. And I'm like, okay. So thank, they awesome. added business in the name, new business networking because of that, because of to, to help uh, avoid that confusion. So that's yeah, that's great. Cause I was like VMware. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I like I said, it's it's on my um, it's on my reading list, and I'm finishing up Mario's um, 126 step uh, tiny steps to being an entrepreneur. What's the official title, Mario? Yeah, 126 uh, steps to becoming an entrepreneur, yeah. and the dark side about going solo, and lots of different surprises for people who actually. Yeah, and, and since I, I want to check now, that book out. I'm now yeah. on my entrepreneurial journey. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that yes, there, there is a dark side and it is not all sunshine and rainbows. Um, you know, this, there's a lot to this and those who think, Hey, I get to um, do my own thing. No, you don't. <laughs> so <laughs> you work more. I mean, at the end oh, yeah. of the day. Yeah. I, well, I realized more. that at 1230 last night, it's like, yeah. you know, when I had a day job, it was a day job. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyhow. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, Dave, I want to thank you for being with us here on No BS thank Engineering. You. I've had a great time. I know this is going to be one of our more popular episodes. Um, and audience, I want to thank you for joining us here on No BS Engineering. Hey, if you like what we're doing, do us a favor. Go out to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating, and give us a review. If you think there's something we can do better, drop me an email, cal at calevans.com. I would love to hear from you. And we always want to tailor this um, to our audience. So if you've got suggestions for topics or guests, please drop me an email, let me know. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week right here on No BS Engineering. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>